Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20-ish minutes, about the time it takes you to fold a load of laundry. So let's do this, mama. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks and welcome to my first Healthy Mama Hacks episode of 2022, which I can't even believe that we are already in to 2022. But I promised you guys in my last episode just a few days ago when I did my recap of the year that we will be talking more about making healthy food delicious in my Healthy Mama Mama Hacks episodes here in January. This is something that I get asked about a lot. This is really where I like to focus a lot of my business now that I've kind of transitioned my business back into the culinary world. I, For those of you who don't know, I was a personal chef for for a number of years. I went to school for nutrition, and then I went to culinary school, classical French culinary school. And then I did study holistic nutrition as well. So I came to being a personal chef and a culinary instructor. I did a lot of in-person cooking classes back then. Now I do online cooking classes. Um, But I came to that point with the perspective of really wanting to share food that is both nourishing and delicious. Because I think a lot of us have this impression that food that is good for us needs to be bland or boring. And this is such a misconception, but I totally get it because I was there as well. So when I first started getting into eating healthier or, you know, what I used to refer to as clean eating, and I don't love that term because food is food. I don't think we need to label it clean or dirty uh, or labeling clean implies it's dirty. Um, But I'm talking about real food. So real whole foods. I'm talking about the ingredients rather than foods that are packaged and processed with a lot of ingredients. There is a time and a place for those foods, but I think that food that is less modified, less doctored up, food that we prepare from home, that we eat at home, these are some of the healthiest, most nutrient-dense foods that we can eat, right? Food from the ground, food from the sea, food that eats food from the ground or the sea. These are the type of foods I'm talking about, right? So real whole foods, I think 
shifting more to real whole foods is one of the best things that we can do for our overall health. And that might look differently for you than it does for me. So I'm not advocating any specific dietary practices here. I'm just talking about eating more real foods and how we can make this more delicious. So we're talking more traditional foods, right? Foods that people have been eating for thousands of years versus a lot of these really hyper palatable processed foods that we have been drawn to over the last hundred years or so, right? So I'm talking about just returning to more traditional foods, to cooking more at home. But when we think about something like eating clean or eating more real food, oftentimes we have this idea in our head that it needs to be so simple that it's kind of tasteless. And it is true that if we are relying on a lot of packaged hyperpalatable foods, they're meant to really excite our taste buds. And so it can take some of a shift, so or a little bit of a shift to eat more simple real foods. But it doesn't have to be boring or bland in the least bit. In fact, real food, the food that we are have always eaten for thousands of years, is so incredibly delicious if we know how to prepare it in the right way, right? We don't need to extract it and add all of these harmful chemicals to it and, you know, make it into what some people refer to as frankenfoods, which I think is kind of funny. And again, I don't like to put judgment on certain types of foods because I think that there is a time and a place for those type of foods. If you ever see any of my grocery hauls over on Instagram, we eat our fair share of packaged foods as well as lots and lots of real whole foods. So I think that as with everything, a balance is definitely necessary here. But I think, like I said, the more real foods we can eat, the better. So learning how to prepare them in a way that is the most delicious is so incredible and one of the best things that we can do for our health. So that is what we are going to dig into in this series. So today we are going to talk about the basics, okay? So the top 10 things that you can do to make healthy food more delicious In part two, we're going to talk about making healthy swaps and swaps that actually make sense, right? So from the things you're eating now to things that are more real food options, what are the swaps that actually make sense? You'll learn more about that when I share about it next week. And then in the third part, we are going to talk all about veggies because it's one of the number one questions I get asked, how do I... How do I get more interested in eating more vegetables? How do I get my kids to eat more vegetables? How do we make vegetables more delicious? Because I don't think anyone, or maybe there are a few people, but most people are are not going to argue that eating more veggies is a good thing, right? There's a few of those carnivore outliers out there, but for the most part, we know that eating more veggies is a good thing, right? So let's go ahead. Let's dive into part one. Let's dive into the basics of making healthy delicious. Okay, tip number one. I want you to start asking about those foods that might be those really yummy, but oftentimes very processed package type foods that you might be buying now and you might want to shift away from those. Ask, how can I make this at home? There are so many foods that we buy on the shelves of the grocery store that we could very easily make at home. Will it take a little bit more time than it does to prepare some of these things in packages? 
yeah, sometimes it does. And so that is one of those sacrifices we might have to make. But it oftentimes doesn't take as much time as we think it's going to, especially when we learn how to be more efficient in the kitchen, which is something that I teach about a lot in my cooking classes. Because there are some really simple things like learning knife skills, learning how to cook in the right order, things like that that can help us to be more efficient in the kitchen so that cooking at home doesn't take so much time. Um, also, things like meal prep can help us with that, too. That's a whole, you know, that's a whole story for another day. I wrote an entire course on meal prep because I think it's so powerful to simplifying eating well. But... I don't think it takes as much time as we think it does, but when we are shifting from, you know, the actually a good example was I don't love rice very much. Um I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. And so we're sitting at the table last night and we were eating this really delicious meal of Greek meatballs with a lemon garlic sauce and some hummus and kind of a tomato cucumber salad and some rice and I just take a very small amount of rice because I don't love it. I like it, but I don't love it. Now, my husband's half Japanese, and so my kiddos have, and so he loves rice, and so we eat a lot of rice in our house, and all different types of rice. Um, This was just like white basmati rice, and it's just not my favorite thing. My kids like it, and my daughter, my eight-year-old, said, mommy, why why don't you really like rice? And I was like, it's it's just not my favorite. I didn't grow up with rice. And she's like, why do you mean you didn't grow up with rice? And I'm like, well, the rice that I grew up with was rice out of like packets that were like filled with seasonings and lots of salt. So the rice that I grew up with tasted a lot different than this rice. And I really only had this type of rice at restaurants. And her mind was like blown (laughs) because that was just what was available, what was cheap, what was easy. And that was just what we were served. And so just eating like plain white or brown rice was just not, it just wasn't something that appeared on our plate, like on our tables growing up and let alone something like quinoa or millet or some of these other or farro or these other grains that my family sees us eating all the time. They they did definitely were not something that I ate growing up. And so we sometimes just need to make this shift from what we are used to um, to learning the ways that we might love some of these new types of foods or find new ways to prepare them. But that rice that my mom made out of those little packets does not take that much more time, if any more time, then the rice that we make in the rice cooker, which is one of our number one tools. If you listen to my episode on cooking tools, um, I will link that episode down below because just having some of the right tools and some understanding of how to cook can make these things or can make cooking real food so much easier. So I kind of got got off on a tangent there. Um, but there are so many things that you can make at home, right? Even that that rice from a packet, what type of seasonings do they use? How can you make this a similar type rice with similar seasonings without maybe buckets and buckets of sodium? You can season it in a way that tastes good for you. So just asking, how can I make this at home? And starting to develop some of those cooking skills can really help you to eat those foods that are nutrient dense without feeling like it takes a ton of extra time. So this brings me to number two, and that's to highlight the food. Don't mask it. So even though I don't love rice because it just kind of wasn't what 
I grew up with and it's kind of taken me some time to adjust to. There are a lot of other grains that I love and that we eat a lot more often just because I prefer them. And I think the key to me learning how to love a lot of these real whole foods is learning how to highlight the ingredients instead of just trying to kind of cover up the ingredients, which is kind of what a lot of these packaged foods do, right, is they make them super, super palatable by adding in a lot of sodium or MSG or things like that. Because the assumption is that our taste buds won't enjoy these natural flavors. But once we start highlighting the beauty of real whole foods and the flavors within foods and we start understanding what flavors go together, um, listening to my episode on the three foundations of flavor, taste, texture, and temperature is going to be really helpful for this. So definitely go back and listen to that Healthy Mama Hacks episode if you haven't yet. But learning how to highlight the flavors of food, and what I'm going to share next is also going to help with this as well, Um, but instead of just trying to kind of cover up those flavors of the food, learning how to highlight the flavors of fresh vegetables and fresh fruits and learning what spice blends go really well with different types of meat or beans, learning how to pair with these different types of grains, these are the type of things that we can start to learn. So instead of just trying to cover up those flavors, maybe with lots of sauces, though I'm a big fan of sauces and we will talk about that in a minute. That's actually one of my <laughs> one of my suggestions. But instead of something, you know, like loading on the ketchup or the ranch dressing, learning which which is one way to eat more vegetables and there's nothing wrong with that either. But learning how to highlight the fresh flavors of real food can really make a difference. So number one, ask can I make this at home and start to learn how that how you can make some of these ingredients at home and put them together into meals. And that's why I have cooking classes, you guys, because I know that sometimes this can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. And it's it's step by step, right? It's skill by skill. It's how can I make this at home? How can I learn how to cook rice at home? How can I learn how to prepare these vegetables at home? How can I learn how to prepare this meat at home? How can I make a homemade mac and cheese instead of the frozen one, right? How can I make a homemade lasagna instead of the frozen one? Even that simple switch, you're still eating the mac and cheese. You're still eating the lasagna. You're still eating the foods that you love. But instead of the option that's in the freezer at the grocery store, which is a fine, quick option, right? But we can make it at home, too. And we can make it with ingredients that are just a little bit better, right? Number two is to highlight instead of mask the natural flavors of real whole foods. And number three is going to help number two, and that's to choose great ingredients. So especially when it comes to vegetables, thinking fresh and seasonal, So the fresher that you can get the food, the better. So if you can go to your farmer's market, I know that's not accessible to everyone and it can be kind of expensive, which is really sad. I know at least in kind of a smaller area like mine, I live in the smallest state. I live in a pretty small town. So the farmer's market, in order to make money, it is more expensive than going to the grocery store. So we try to balance that out. We want to support our local economy but we're also on a budget. So we try to balance that out. But there's also stores that sell local produce like Trader Joe's sells some. And Whole Foods sells some. And so choosing more local ingredients and choosing what is in season is going to instantly make that food more 
delicious because it hasn't traveled as far. It's also higher in nutrients, which is really great too. The fresher, more seasonal ingredients are just going to have more flavor because they are grown closer to home. They are they are grown or at least they're grown in season. Maybe if they're not grown closer to home, they're at least grown in season, which means that they are going to be the ripest and the most flavorful. So choosing great ingredients and highlighting those flavors instead of just trying to mask them is really going to make a difference when you're cooking food in a way that's more nutrient dense. Number four is to season well. Now I'm going to link my seasoning guide in the um, in the show notes so you guys can download that. But seasoning well is kind of twofold. It's number one, salt. It's learning how to salt your food. And I have a whole podcast episode on this, a whole Healthy Mama Hacks episode on this. So I highly encourage you to listen to that episode. But seasoning well means seasoning as you go, right? So when you're making a soup or a stew or a casserole, it's seasoning each component of it. It's not just dumping salt on the top. It's tasting as you go. So you're allowing those flavors to meld. You're allowing that um, whatever salt that you use or um, briny or salty ingredients you use to layer on top of each other instead of just dumping that salt in at the end. It takes time for vegetables to be seasoned in a soup or a stew or a casserole. So we need to season them as we go. We need to give them time for those flavors to develop. If we're just throwing salt or seasonings um, like spices, especially dried spices on top at the end, they're not going to have time for those flavors to develop. So it's really important to season as you go with salt and then also allow things like dried seasonings to time to develop. So Um, dried spices, oftentimes just toasting them will help to bring out some of those aromatic qualities. And that's going to bring out some of the, um, not just the smell, but also the flavor of these spices. And that's going to make a huge difference in the flavor of your dish. You see this a lot in Indian and Middle Eastern cooking where you toast the spices before you add in the rest of the ingredients. Um, Also, in any sort of soups or stews, if you are using dried herbs, you want to make sure that you are adding those in at the beginning because they need time to rehydrate and to infuse that soup or stew or casserole, whatever it is, with flavor. We don't ever want to be adding in salt or dried seasonings or spices at the end. uh, Or not. I shouldn't say we should never be adding them in at the end. We shouldn't be adding the entirety of them at the end. You can you know, season a little bit at the end as well. So seasoning well is going to make a big difference. Number five, don't be afraid to get saucy. Okay, so I know I mentioned that don't just mask things with loads of ketchup or ranch dressing or things like that. And I do agree. I I mean, I agree with myself. (laughs) That was my suggestion. But I do believe that as well. But I do think that having some really delicious sauces that you love that are that are homemade, made from real food ingredients. So things like salad dressing. So like home, you make a homemade ranch, um, homemade Italian dressing, a dressing, my go to honey Dijon dressing. I'll link that down below. It's super easy, really delicious. And it's literally just Dijon mustard, honey, a little bit of oil, a little bit of salt and a little bit of avocado oil mayonnaise to emulsify it. It's creamy. It's sweet. It's a little tangy. It's delicious. It's so good. My kids eat so many salads doused in that stuff. It's so good. Tahini sauce is another delicious one. Pesto, um, a romesco sauce. 
There are so many different sauces you can make that you can pour over your veggies, you can dip your veggies in, you can put them over meat or beans or over bowls. You guys know that I have a whole bowls ebook. And if you don't know, I have a whole bowls ebook. <laughs> and sauces are a main component of that because even something like a simple yogurt sauce or an herb sauce or chimichurri, there are so many different. I love sauces. A peanut sauce. I could talk about sauces for days <laughs> because it can transform a dish by just adding in a really delicious sauce. So don't be afraid to get saucy. That might be one of the things that you, one of the first things that you do when you're eating more real food is to start to find a couple of sauce recipes that you and your family really enjoy and learn how to make those. And even if you just start making bowls of real food ingredients, so some sort of, I have a whole podcast episode on bowls, by the way. Um, so I don't just have the ebook. I also have a podcast episode on it. So you can absolutely listen to that as well and get an idea of how I put together a base and a protein and whatever, a veggie toppings, sauce, put that all together and one of the most simple nutrient-dense meals that you can make. Super balanced. Awesome. Don't be afraid to get saucy. Number six is to make smart substitutions. So I am going to do a whole episode on swaps that make sense, smart substitutions. But I think the key here is that you don't need to just start substituting everything that you're eating now with more real food packaged options. First of all, this is not a great budget move. They can be a lot more expensive. Um, I think that the approach of asking how you can make things at home is a way more budget-friendly option. And, you know, just because foods are at a health food store doesn't mean that they're real whole foods. They're just the, you know, packaged, maybe slightly better option. So where there are smart substitutions we can make. I think oftentimes we can get into the rut of just trying to find the like real food option instead of asking how we can make things at home and just highlighting those real food ingredients, learning how to season well, making some delicious sauces and adding those to the top. Those type of things should come first and then we can make smart substitutions. So if we've discovered that we have a food allergy or intolerance um, or if we want to eat less dairy, for instance, I'll talk about this more when I talk about smart swaps, but there are certain things like dairy alternatives that Oftentimes, the more like at-home option is a safer option when it comes to substituting in different dishes because there are so many variables to packaged options because of there's so many different ingredients they use. So when we're making things at home, we can control the ingredients that we put in and kind of understand to some extent how they work. So there are, you know, certain things in different, like vegan cheeses, for instance, where there might be different emulsifiers and gums and things like that, that might totally change the dish if we're just trying to swap out. So I think that, you know, instead of say, trying to make this like big elaborate vegan mac and cheese with a mac and cheese recipe you already have and just using vegan cheeses, Make try making a cashew cream sauce instead and see how that tastes. I love a cashew cream sauce. My kids go crazy for a cashew cream sauce. Um, I will also link that one down below because it is so good. My family loves it. So instead of thinking of eating 
clean or eating more real food or whatever it is in terms of I just need to swap everything out. This can be a strategy for like kind of shifting towards more real foods. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all. But I think when it comes to a culinary perspective, I think making more as many things at at home as you can. Again, it doesn't need to take a ton of time. We don't need to be crazy elaborate with this. Something like a cashew cream sauce takes like five minutes to make. Uh, If you don't have a high-speed blender, it does take a little bit longer because you want to soak your cashews. But there are so many easy options that we can make at home. We do not need to overcomplicate this. Um, But I do think that we can make substitutions, but learning what those smart substitutions are is, is really helpful. So something like instead of switching to the you know crazy expensive fancy cream alternative um for a recipe that calls for cream we could try coconut milk or coconut cream so simpler first i think that's my rule of thumb is going is trying the simpler option first and seeing if it works and then we can try the fancy substitution okay number 7 is learn to prep your vegetables well Again, I'm going to have a whole episode on this in a couple of weeks, but learning to prepare your vegetables well is going to be a game changer when you're trying to eat more of them. I don't want you shoving vegetables down your throat that you don't enjoy ever again. Hear me? Okay. No more eating vegetables you don't like. You should love the food you eat, especially the food you eat that's healthy because you want to continue to eat that way, right? Sustainability and consistency, these are the things that are going to make us healthy long term. And so that's what that's the difference between eating healthy from a diet perspective to eating healthy long term, right? I think it's the enjoyment and the satisfaction and focusing on that instead of focusing on getting to a certain goal, like I'm going to eat clean for 30 days. Forcing yourself to quote unquote eat clean for 30 days or however amount of time and not enjoying it along the way is not going to make you want to do it longer. If you enjoy the process of learning how to eat more real whole foods and you create or you discover more recipes that you love and substitutions that make sense that are that work for you. If this doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to do, these are the things that are going to help with your consistency and wanting to eat more healthy real foods long term. Okay, so I want you to think of long term, the long game, instead of I'm just going to hit this goal, right? So prepping vegetables well is one of those things that is going to make a huge difference. Number eight, don't fear fat. Okay, I think we've kind of gotten past the low-fat craze, but just in case we haven't, fat is so important in the culinary world. It is It drives flavor, right? So it carries flavor. It puts flavor on its back and brings it all the way to your mouth. <laughs> really, um, it also carries nutrients as well. We have several fat-soluble vitamins, um, vitamins A, D, E, and K, that we actually need fat in order to properly absorb. So from a health perspective, we also need fat, but fat is also a flavor carrier. Foods that are totally fat-free are oftentimes pretty bland. A really great example is a plain chicken breast versus a chicken thigh. Just the and you can just bake them the same way, say 375 for 30 minutes, and that chicken thigh is going to be juicy and the skin is going to be crispy. And even off all you do is season it with salt, which one is going to be more delicious? Whether or not you like the bone in or not, we're going to leave that one aside. 
even if you take that skin off, it is going to be more delicious. So don't fear fat. Lots of healthy fats. If you don't eat animal fats, there are lots of delicious vegan fat options like avocado, nuts and seeds, um, coconut oil. So delicious. So they're gonna, it's going to carry the flavor and it's also going to provide mouthfeel. So that is another part of when we talk about um, taste, texture, and temperature being the three flavor foundations. The texture of food is oftentimes driven by the fat in the food or the fat content in the food. Think of a creamy sauce, right? If it's not a creamy sauce, then it's more like a broth-based sauce. They're both appropriate depending on what type of dish you're trying to make. But if you're trying to make a creamy dish and you try to make it without any sort of fat, and that could be a cashew cream or it could be or coconut milk or it could be heavy cream or sour cream or something like that. It doesn't have to be all the same. And by the way, I know I'm talking about dairy substitutions, but I don't think that you have to go dairy free. This is just something that works for some people. I'm just using it as an example. So just in case you were wondering, I'm just using it as an example. Um, Definitely don't fear fat. Number nine. Focus on balance and contrast in your meals, okay? What I mean by this is going back to the three flavor foundations, taste, texture, and temperature like I just mentioned, okay? So your meals need to have balance, right? So we need to have a balance of tastes, a balance of textures, and a balance of temperatures, So an example here is that we don't want everything to all taste the same, right? We don't want everything. If everything on our plate is super sweet, then it's going to be cloying and it's going to be too much. But if we contrast that sweet with maybe a little bit of salt or a little bit of spice, think of like mangoes and tahini, right? And so we want to balance things out. We don't want everything to, we don't want any one taste, texture, or temperature to be too weighty. We also want that contrast, right? So sweet or spicy, sour and salty, or sour and sweet, right? Um, Bitter is helped by a little bit of sweet or a little bit of salt. So just focusing on making sure that you're not everything in your dish tastes the same. Not everything in your dish feels the same. And then adding in some contrast with something like temperature, whether physical temperature, so something is actually physically hot or actually physically cold, or perceived temperature, like spiciness is a perceived heat, um, something cooling like yogurt or sour cream or mint or perceived coolness, Right. So having that balance of something that might be spicy, so for instance, like an Indian food might be spicy and you cool it down with like a raita. Okay, so do you understand how that kind of balancing that meal so not everything has the same taste, texture, or temperature, and then having that contrast in it, that is going to make everything you eat better and more delicious. I promise you that. And okay, tip number 10 is to bright just brighten up your dish okay so what can you do to brighten up the meal that you're eating now to take it from level a to level c a couple ways we can do this is by adding a sauce like i mentioned before adding especially a sauce that adds some contrast like i just mentioned the indian food and adding some sort of yogurt or a raita or a chutney or something like that on top. Okay, so adding some contrast, brighten it up like that with some sort of a sauce. Also fresh herbs, that is something that can also brighten up your dish a little bit. Adding a little bit of acid to your dish, something like um, a lemon juice can, or any sort of citrus juice 
can brighten up your dish a little bit. So if your dish feels a little bit bland and it needs just a little something, something like fresh herbs, something like a sauce, something like a little bit of acid, um, or some sort of a topping, right? And that comes back to the texture aspect of things. If everything kind of feels like the same texture, maybe you need something a little bit crunchy on top, right? So maybe you need some sort of a toasted nut on top of your soup or on top of your bowl or on top of your salad, something like that. So just brighten it up a little bit. So these are my top 10 tips, okay? I know that there's so much more that we can go into with every single one of these, but just to recap, number one, just ask how can I make this at home and start learning these skills of how can I make the different ingredients of these things that I already enjoy, that I already like, and how can I start to learn how to make this at home? And making things at home is just going to be one really, really easy way to start eating more real foods. Number two, instead of trying to mask the flavor of the food, highlight the flavor of the food. Learn how to cook those vegetables in a way that's really appealing. Look at it, Learn how to make a really delicious meatball. Learn how to, whatever the ingredients are, learn how to make that grain really, really well learn how to highlight that ingredient with a sauce instead of just covering it with it. So learn how to highlight those real food ingredients. Number three, choose great ingredients. Think fresh, think seasonal. The best quality ingredients are going to bring the best flavor. Learn how to season well. So learning how to use salt in the proper way, learning how to use spices and herbs in the right way is going to make a huge difference. Don't be afraid to get saucy. So Learn how to make some sauces at home that can really complement your dish and add to your dish. Make smart substitutions. So substitute where it makes sense instead of trying to just substitute one for one um, in terms of like the, the packaged ingredient from the grocery store to the packaged ingredient from the health food store. Make, make smart substitutions where it actually makes sense. Learn how to cook your vegetables well. Uh, number seven, learn how to prep your vegetables well. So that you're actually enjoying them because you should be eating food that is enjoyable, whether it's healthy or it's some of those more fun foods that we eat maybe a little bit less often or we're trying to eat less often. Number eight, don't fear fat. Fat carries flavor. Fat adds mouthfeel. It is hugely important. So don't fear fat. Add in some healthy fat, some avocado oil, some olive oil, some coconut oil, some butter, some ghee. And yes, I do consider butter a healthy fat, right? It's all about balance. First of all, however, remember we need fat for nutrients, right? So we we need we need a variety of different types of fats. We don't want to just eat butter or just eat coconut oil or just eat avocado oil or just eat olive oil. We want that variety, um, but we want to try and move away from the more processed seed oils and eat more of those real food oils, fats, things like that. Also, avocados, nuts and seeds, olives lots of healthy fat sources. Um, Focus on, number nine, focus on balance and contrast. So that taste, texture, and temperature, making sure that everything in your dish doesn't all taste the same or feel the same, adding some of that contrast in. And tip number 10, brighten up your dish if it feels a little bit bland. How can you add on a sauce? Like I mentioned, how can you add on some fresh herbs? How can you add on some new texture, right? Oh, how can you add in maybe an acid at the end? Those type of things are going to brighten up something that tastes a little bit bland. Okay, you don't need to eat that bland food. I think my whole point is that you don't need to eat that bland meal. You can enjoy lots of delicious, real, whole foods. It just starts with learning how to make them delicious.
I hope this was helpful, friends. I hope that you are enjoying this series. Um, I know this is just the first episode in the series, but I'm really excited to bring it to you. I know today was kind of a general overview, but if there's anything specific that I talked about today, you're like, I want you to dig in more on this. I want you to find me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris or over in the Healthy Balanced Mamas Facebook group on Facebook. And I will link both of those in the show notes. You can go ahead and find me. If you love this episode, I would love for you to screenshot it, share it with a friend send me a DM, tell me you loved it. I love hearing which episodes are helping you or giving you new ideas. And I know since we're going into the new year, a lot of you are trying to eat more real whole foods. And so I have tons of resources on that over on my website, healthymamachris.com. So don't be afraid to reach out to me, ask for more suggestions, or go go search for yourself. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a beautiful weekend and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.